You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Joshua. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. We can learn to respond with God's holiness, with a concern for what God thinks is holy. Sin is sin and shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be accepted. Respond in courage and confront with love. We need to confront with love. Love casts out all fear. Love covers the multitude of sin. We need to confront each other with love. And before you go to war with somebody, let's try to reconcile Try to reconcile our differences in some way if it can be done. Joshua 22 ends with a detailed account of a misunderstanding amongst God's people. Misunderstandings can be dangerous and have very real casualties if they aren't handled properly. In today's message, Pastor Dave will use Joshua 22 to help us navigate safely through life's misunderstandings to God's glory. Well, let's join Pastor Dave in the book of Joshua chapter 22 with part three of his message, On the Way Home. At an altar. We celebrate at an altar. It's the greatest altar ever constructed. And it held the greatest sacrifice ever given. The altar is a cross. That was where the beloved Son of God died for our sins. On the cross, the altar of sacrifice. In Galatians 6, 14, the Apostle Paul declares that he will not boast in anything else except the cross of Jesus Christ. He will not boast in anything else. Let me read that to you. Galatians 6.14 But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Everything was nailed to the cross. And at the cross, a new nation was formed. A new nation of Christians. The old is behind. The new man. He says, I won't boast in anything else but the cross of Jesus Christ. I have no boasting except for the cross. Paul Hart says there's nothing of glory that can come from fame. There's nothing of glory that can come from riches. He didn't care for anything that the glory could bring him or status, or power. He was a Pharisee at one time. He cared about only the glory of the cross of Jesus Christ. It's hard for us to appreciate Paul's words. It's hard for us to appreciate. For people who knew about crucifixion knew that the words cross and glory didn't go together. It was a shameful, horrible thing. It was like saying, The electric chair and glory go together. It was a means of capital punishment. They're the direct opposites. Because there was more than a mere humiliating thing. It was a shameful way of being healed. Cursed is he who hangs on a tree. It's a curse when you go to a cross. See, much more logical to glory when you're showing in the flesh instead of the cross. But Paul says no. Paul writes and thinks with heavenly logic. 
I boast in nothing but the cross of Christ. Each one of us must come to the cross of Jesus Christ. Each one of us must come and accept his sacrifice there and offer our own sacrifice of ourselves there. And offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, Scripture says, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. I can only be holy and acceptable through the blood of Jesus Christ. I can't come to the cross by myself. I dare not. I have to come by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb who died for me. I can't boast in anything that I've received from God. I can't boast about being a pastor. I can't boast about having eternal life. I can't boast about anything except what God did for me on a cross. What God did for me there. What he accomplished for the world. The world has been crucified to me. I'm no longer in the world. I walk around, but I'm of Christ. I'm a new person. The world has no meaning to me. They built an altar. They built an altar which is for sacrifice. And it scared everybody. They didn't know what was, what was this altar for? What are we going to do with this altar? Are you going to come now serving foreign gods? Are you going to turn your back on our Lord? That's what they thought. Look at verses 11 and 12. Now the children of Israel heard someone say, Behold, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh have built an altar on the frontier of the land of Canaan in the region of the Jordan on the children of Israel's side. Not only did they build an altar, they built it on our side. They put it on our side. And when the children of Israel heard it, the whole congregation of the children had gathered together at Shiloh to go to war against them. I love this. Joshua didn't say, did you hear what those guys did? No, they all gathered. We're going to war, Joshua. You going to lead us? They were all ready to go. They worried about this altar that it would be an allegiance to a foreign god. I love that song we used to sing. I will serve no foreign god, no any other treasure. You are my heart's desire, spirit without measure. Unto your name I will raise my sacrifice. What a great song that was. They were afraid. They were ready to fight because of God's truth and God's holiness. They were ready to fight. They were consecrated. They were solely looking to the Lord. I wish we could do this when someone is in error. I wish we could come to them in love. I wish we could do that. I wish the Christians in the Senate, those who call themselves Christians in the Congress, would stand up for righteousness and say, no, abortion's wrong. You can't do this. But they're not doing it. Although they're, they're not happy about it, they don't rashly take action, which is smart. They don't rashly go out and want to beat them up and throw mud at them. Look at verses 13 and 14. Then the children of Israel sent Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest of the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, into Gilead, the land of Gilead, with him ten rulers, one ruler each from the chief house of every tribe of Israel, and each one was the head of the house of his father among the divisions of Israel. So the big guys all get together and they go out. Phineas is now the high priest. He was the son of Eleazar, but he is the high priest. So all the representatives go with them. Why did they take him? Because the high priest had the authority. The high priest had the authority. 
He wanted to correct their error. He wanted to protect the nation. And he wanted to drive out anything that might be dangerous. And so they brought the high priest. But he also had the heart of a wise shepherd. The high priest had a heart of a wise shepherd. Israel reacts according to God's character. They're getting ready for war. Demonstrates their holiness. But also a personal confrontation that demonstrates God's love. And I think this is what we lack sometimes when we see somebody in error. We're ready to go to battle with them, but are we ready to do it in love? We're ready to chastise them and go, but are we ready to do it in love? In a way that would restore, in a way that would build up. I think we lack that sometimes. Verse 15 and 16, Then they came to the children of Reuben and children of Gad, Jehovah and Manasseh, in the land of Gilead, and they spoke to them, saying, Thus says the whole congregation of the Lord, What? Treachery is this that you have committed against the God of Israel to turn away this day from following the Lord in that you have built for yourselves an altar that you might rebel this day against the Lord. Wow, these are strong words. These are strong words. What treachery is this? They thought that this altar was going to be a new place for sacrifices. It's going to be a new place. They're going to have a rival in the land. They were going to compete with God's tabernacle, which was now in Shiloh, where the mercy seat was, where the Ark of the Covenant was. They weren't going to have this. In Leviticus 17, verses 8 and 9, God clearly commanded that there was only going to be one place for the sacrifices, one place for burnt offering. Only one place. We understand that this is where we cannot worship God any way we please or justify a manner of worship just because we like it. First and always, our worship must be pleasing to God. It must come from our heart. John said this in John 4, 24. We must worship Him in spirit and in truth. We must worship Him in spirit and in truth. It's so important. And they wanted to prevent this from happening. They wanted to prevent any other foreign god from coming on their soil. Interesting what happens next. In 17 and 18, is this, is the iniquity of Peor not enough for us from which we are not cleansed till this day, although there was a plague in the congregation of the Lord, but that you must turn away this day from following the Lord? And it shall be if you rebel against the Lord that tomorrow he will be angry with the whole nation of Israel. The iniquity of Peor. Phineas reminds the eastern tribes that Israel has been already punished for a rebellion against God with Baal and Balak. They were punished greatly. There was unclean in the land. Israel, men, had sex with a Moabite woman. And they gave themselves to worship to the Moabite gods. You can find all about this in Numbers 25 and 27. And because of that, God's judgment came down. And he sent a plague and 24,000 people were killed. Phineas is saying, is this what you're doing? Is this what you're doing? The incident would be especially meaningful to Phineas because if you go back and read Numbers 25 through 27, he was the one that put a stop to it. He was the one that came in and stopped it. He said, God will be angry with the whole congregation. Interesting. Interesting. Phineas knew that the sins of these tribes would affect the entire nation. He knew that no one really sins unto himself. A little leaven spoils the whole loaf. A little leaven. Leaven always represents sin. 
A little leaven spoils the whole lump. Phineas is worried. Look at 19. Nevertheless, if the land your possession is unclean, then cross over to the land of the possession of the Lord, where the Lord's tabernacle stands, and take possession among us. But do not rebel against the Lord, nor rebel against us, by building yourselves an altar besides the altar of the Lord our God. Wow. They want to sacrifice to make their brothers comfortable. The land has been divided. The land has already been divided. So all of a sudden, you're saying to them, hey, we'll give you part of our land. We'll give you part of ours. We'll sacrifice. We know it's going to be crowded. We know that we can divide the country up, but you can come and live with us if your land is unclean. Come to the land that God has given us. Take possession with us. I love this. Phineas is a great shepherd. He would rather sacrifice of his own living quarters than to see this tribe in rebellion against God. I love that. Do you know someone in rebellion against God? You know someone who's in rebellion against God? What are we willing to sacrifice for them to come and not rebel against God? There was something unclean with your land? Well, come to ours. This was a great cost. So many times... We have a lack of willingness. We tell people to stop sinning. We're not willing to help them because it costs something. Not willing to help people to stop sinning. Phineas uses another example in verse 20. Did not Achan, the son of Zerah, commit a trespass in the accursed thing? And wrath fell upon the congregation of Israel. And that man did not perish alone in his iniquity? Achan hid some stuff from Jericho. Then we're supposed to touch anything. Achan hid it in his tent. They went against Ai and they were defeated. The Lord said there's sin in the camp. Although one man had sinned, the entire nation had suffered for it. The entire nation had suffered for it. Sin has a great cost. Sin has a great cost. And that's why they're coming against it so much. The response in 21 to 23 Then the children of Reuben and children of Gad and half Manasseh answered and said to the heads of the divisions of Israel, The Lord, God of gods, he knows. And let Israel self know if this is rebellion or if it's treachery against the Lord. Do not save us this day. If we have built ourselves an altar to turn from following the Lord or if to offer on it bird offerings or grain offerings or if we offer peace offerings on it, then let the Lord himself require an account. But in fact, if we have done it for fear... For a reason, saying, in time to come, your descendants may speak of our descendants, saying, what have you to do with the Lord God of Israel? The Lord God knows us. The Lord God knows us. And yes, the Lord knows your heart. The Lord knows the reason you do something. The Lord knows that when you ask for something, what is the reason for your heart? What is in your heart when you ask for something? Not from him, but from the church. From someone else. What's in your heart? The Lord knows it. And you say something to somebody, go, well, the Lord knows my heart. Oh, yes, he does all too well. All too well. And you don't have to answer to me. I'm not your judge. The Lord knows your heart. Make certain. But they're saying, hey, guys, you've misunderstood us. You've misunderstood us. If you find fault in us, take us out. We deserve it. If you find fault in us, take us out. 
But our first refuge is God. The Lord of God of gods. The Lord of God. Our God. The Lord. He knows our heart. And we must be satisfied. See, when you say that the Lord knows your heart, and you've got to be satisfied to stand in front of the Lord and say, you know my heart. Jeremiah had a few things to say about the heart. Deceitfully wicked, who can know it? One of my favorites. If it's rebellion or treachery against the Lord, don't save us. Let us perish. They recognized the rightness of what the others were saying and coming against them. The Eastern tribes do what we should all do when we are misunderstood. Put ourselves in the shoes of the other person and see it the way they see it. If they saw what we see or if we see what they see, maybe we can respond in a different way. We need to look at it in all ways here. For the Lord has made the Jordan a border between you and us. You children of Reuben and children of Gad, you have no part in the Lord. So your descendants would make our descendants cease fearing the Lord. Therefore we said, let us now prepare to build ourselves an altar, not for burnt offerings nor for sacrifice, but that it may be a witness between you and us for our generation after us that we may perform the service of the Lord before him with our burnt offerings, our sacrifices, and our peace offerings, that your descendants may not Say to our descendants in the time to come, you have no part for the Lord. Therefore, we said that it will be when they say to us and to our generations in the time to come, that we may say, here is the replica of the altar of the Lord which our fathers made, though not for burnt offerings nor sacrifices, but as a witness between you and us. Far be it from us that we should rebel against the Lord and turn from the following the Lord this day to build an altar for burnt offerings and grain offerings, etc., besides the altar of the Lord our God, which is before his people in the tabernacle. They explained the reason. We weren't trying to offend anybody, guys. We wanted to build this as a reminder. When you guys say we've forgotten the Lord, no, this is a reminder that the Lord our God is our God. We haven't forgotten him. We come and we, we sacrifice at the tabernacle, at Shiloh. But they built this very, very big memorial to try to link the two nations together. It was so big, it was so impressive, they wanted to last. They wanted to stand up as a memorial to future generations. The Eastern tribes agree with the concern of the Western tribes, but they try to explain to the Western tribes there's a misunderstanding. We just love the Lord so much that we want to build this impressive thing to Him. So that when people say it, say, hey, they love the Lord. Phineas is a great peacemaker. For he accepts this explanation. Let's read 30 through 31. Now when Phineas the priest and the rulers of the congregation, the heads of the divisions of the Israel who were with him, heard the words of the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, the children of Manasseh, it pleased him. Then Phineas the son of Eleazar the priest said to the children of Reuben, Gad, Manasseh, This day we perceive that the Lord is among us, because you have not committed this treachery against the Lord. Now you have delivered the children of Israel out of the hand of the Lord. Yea, so they're all happy. Hear these words. It pleased them. Yes, Phineas was pleased with the examination because there wasn't going to be a war. But yet he wants everybody to be willing to accept the explanation. He puts himself in the shoes of the eastern tribes. We perceive that the Lord is among us. I love that. Because you have not committed treachery. The Lord is among us. 
Psalm 133, 1. Behold how good and pleasant it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. And here you have the unity of the brethren once again. The Lord was among them. The matter is resolved. The tribes can go their way as we finish out the chapter. And Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the priest, and the rulers returned from the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, from the land of Gilead to the land of Canaan, to the children of Israel, and brought word back to them. So the thing pleased the children of Israel, and the children of Israel blessed God. They spoke no more of going against them in battle to destroy the land where the children of Gad and Reuben dwelt. The children of Reuben, the children of Gad, called the altar witness, for it is a witness between us that the Lord is God. I like that. I like that. They make this thing, it's a witness. Let me finish with a few thoughts. We can learn how to respond to misunderstandings in a very similar fashion. We can learn how to respond. We can learn to respond with God's holiness, with a concern for what God thinks is holy. Sin is sin and shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be accepted. Respond in courage and confront with love. We need to confront with love. Love casts out all fear. Love covers the multitude of sin. We need to confront each other with love. And before you go to war with somebody, let's try to reconcile. Try to reconcile our differences in some way if it can be done. Determine what you're willing to sacrifice to help people. Don't confront them unless you're willing to help. Determine that you will see the situation from their perspective. Determine that you will believe the best of one another. The best of one another. Lord knows my heart. Yeah, he does. And I hope he's looking at a wonderful heart. A heart that is sold out for him. A heart that is truly, truly sold out for him. Yes, he does. We can learn so much from these scriptures. So much from these Old Testament scriptures. But they are but a mere shadow. A foreshadow of things to come. Of the altar where the greatest sacrifice ever occurred. Our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. Hanging there. Hanging there by his own fruition, hanging there by his own want, not being held there by nails, hanging there to die for you, to die for me, to die for the world, those that haven't even accepted him yet. He died there on that cross. Perfect sacrifice. There will never be another sacrifice ever. That is the one sacrifice. To those that know the Lord and go off and fall, should they come back, it's still the sacrifice. Jesus is not going to climb back up on that cross. He doesn't have to. Because the words he said, it is finished. He completed it. The book of Joshua details the Israelites' journey into the land promised them by God and the various adventures they encountered along the way. Through it all, one thing is clear. God keeps His promises and protects His people. Pastor Dave Shank will continue to teach through this Old Testament book on the next edition of Cape Watch Radio. But in the meantime, we'd like to direct you to our website at capewatchradio.com. Listen to an archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave or download and share them with your friends and family. You can also subscribe to Cape Watch Radio by searching on iTunes. 
Take biblical teaching with you wherever you go. It's a great way to add spiritual teaching to your already busy life. While we're so blessed to be able to bring you verse-by-verse studies straight from God's Word, we hope this isn't your only source of spiritual nourishment. The Bible impresses upon us the importance of community and the need to find a church family to help you grow in your walk with God. If you haven't found a church home and are in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel Cape May each Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We meet to worship our Creator and study more deeply the guidance He's given us in the Bible. For our address and directions, please give us a call at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Or visit our website at capewatchradio.com. That's all the time we have for today. But be sure to join us again for more on Cape Watch Radio.